My family has been doing a lot of walking these days, as I'm sure your family probably has. I enjoy this time with my family, it's good exercise, but I walk with my son and we discuss our mutual interests. I walk with my wife and we have lovely conversations. I walk with my daughter and simply hold her hand. Even Daisy, our golden doodle, tags along with us. Walking is a form of exercise, of course, but it is also a form of devoting time to one another because it is a mutually inclusive activity. As you walk, you can't do much else but talk along with the people you're with. It is a way to be in nature, and it is a way to focus on the moment at hand. And I hope that during this trying time, you are making more of the moment you have, and that you are truly seeing how important each moment is. Genesis 5 and verse 22 says that Enoch walked with God. What a compliment. We don't know much about Enoch other than he was the father of Methuselah, that he did not see death but was rather taken into heaven. Genesis 5 and verse 24. But we also get a glimpse of him from the hall of fame of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Walking with God and being pleasing to God seem to be pretty big compliments. Are you walking with God more these days? I hope so. With the extra time we have on our hands, I hope you're filling it more with spiritual matters for we all need to walk with God. Sometimes you don't know you're walking with God, oddly enough, Luke chapter 24, verses 15 and 16 say this, While they were talking and discussing, Jesus Himself approached and began traveling with them. This is the account of men who were walking on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus tags along with them. Verse 16 says, But their eyes were prevented from recognizing Him. For whatever reason, Jesus did not want these men to recognize who He was. Perhaps He wanted to have some real conversation with them. Not that He couldn't later, but certainly they would be distracted by the fact that their Savior was alive and well and walking with them. Jesus wanted to have a conversation with them to see what was going on in their hearts and minds. And Jesus wants to do the same thing with you. Jesus wants to know your worries. Jesus wants to know more about what you need from Him. All you've got to do is ask. All you've got to do is go to Him in prayer and ask Him for that wisdom. Ask Him for that understanding to get you through any time at all. We know that these men did not know they were walking with Jesus because He didn't want them to know. But whenever they did find out, whenever their eyes were open, let's look at what it says in Luke 24 and verse 32. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while He was speaking to us on the road, while He was explaining the Scriptures to us? In other words, they felt as though their spirit was close to Jesus. They felt closer to Him than ever before. And that's what walking 
with Jesus does. That's what walking with God does. That's what walking with the Holy Spirit does. When you have a spiritual life and you make spirituality a priority, you feel blessed because of it. Some people today don't want to walk with Jesus because they don't want to give their life to Him. They don't want to make that devotion. So Jesus always stays afar off. He's always close by though. Always wanting to walk with you. But some people, they don't want that. Some people today don't walk with Christ because they don't know what this looks like exactly. God uses moments in your life to interact with you. Make these happen and see His presence so that you can walk with Him more. Read Scripture more often. Pray more often. Do those things that can take you closer to Jesus because He wants to be closer to you. And you can do that by walking with Him daily through the Scriptures, through prayer, through our resources that we have online, our YouTube channel, other channels that we have posted on there so that you might use this time, the time that you have, to walk more with God. When we walk with God, this leaves its mark on the life of others. Peter and John were arrested for preaching and for healing a lame beggar at the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 3. The next day, the high priest began to interrogate Peter and John about what they were doing. By what power or in what name have you done this? Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands before you in good health. Peter told the people what they needed to hear. He had been walking with God during this time as Jesus had, after Jesus had ascended into heaven. Now Peter was here confessing that he did these things in the name of Jesus Christ, whom they crucified. And this, this affected people. He healed someone. He healed this man. And now the people wanted to know, hey, how are you doing this? Is that happening in your life? Where people see what things you're able to do because of your spiritual nature. And they want to know, hey, how are you doing that? And you can look at them and simply say, by the name of Jesus. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, Verse 13, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Can people recognize you as having been with Jesus? I hope so. Walking with God gives you confidence. Psalm chapter 16 and verse 8 says, I have set the Lord continually before me because He is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. If you are hurting, you need God now more than ever. God wants to help the hurting. Psalm 34 and verse 8. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You may feel that God is far away from you right now. And maybe He is. Perhaps because of the life that you have been living. But I hope that you'll think more about walking with God. And less about those other things that cause you pain, that cause you anxiety. But you'll think more about walking with Him so that you can be the Christian that God wants you to be. To walk with God, you must be able to approach Him. The mountain was a typical place 
for people to approach God and meet with Him. Noah's ark settled on a mountain, and Noah offered a sacrifice here. God delivered the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Horeb. It was on a mountain that God spoke to Moses from the burning bush. The Sermon on the Mount, of course. We all know that one. Jesus, with Peter, James, and John, conferred with Moses and Elijah on a high mountain in Matthew 17. Jesus died on a hill called Mount Calvary. We approach God in high places, sometimes places of solitude. And I love this imagery. For we have to get away sometimes. And it's difficult to climb a mountain. It's difficult to get to a high place, but quite often you'll be there alone except for you and God. Psalm chapter 24, verses 3 and 4, makes great use of this imagery. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, and is not sworn deceitfully. The psalmist asked here, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may approach Him? And he says, and he gives you the answer to that, he says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart. How are you approaching God these days? Are you praying about the quarantine as much as you are worrying about it? The quarantine has created an obstacle to us meeting, and I'm missing everyone dreadfully. But hopefully you are using this extra time away from work, away from us meeting in our building, to consider how little time you actually may be spending with God on a regular basis. We spend our time on Netflix like each hour is going to enrich our lives beyond belief, but it only falls short and you wait for the next binge-worthy release. Now don't get me wrong, I enjoy a good television series, but walking with God should be a greater priority than how we entertain ourselves. How we spend our time is a direct indication of how our life is going. If you aren't filling your heart with good things, good things aren't going to happen, and God will be far from you. Isaiah 55 and verse 2 says, Why do you spend your money for what is not bread? Why do you spend your time, in other words, for what doesn't help you? Why do you spend your energy on things for that which is not enriching? Why do you spend all that you have on things that aren't going to make your life better the next day? Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? It's not going to satisfy you if you're looking in all the wrong places for things to fulfill your life. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. So do those things. Go after those things that are going to help you spiritually and you'll be able to walk better with God. And it is that life state that pushes you away from God that keeps you from walking with Him. Since we're talking about the need to approach God, we must also think about those who are unable to walk with Him. Well, can't everyone walk with God and approach Him? Yes, everyone can. But Scripture does give us some restrictions on this. Back to Psalm 24 and verse 4. It tells us who can approach God. For instance, those who have clean hands and a pure heart. But then it goes on to say, those who have not lifted up his soul to falsehood and have not sworn deceitfully. In other words, there are behaviors that will keep you from approaching God. We're all sinners. That's why we need the redeeming blood of Christ. 
But living in sin regularly is forbidden for those who want to walk with God. For we must all be striving to meet Him daily, not checking on Him as though He is a genie in a bottle, but rather knowing He is someone we walk with regularly. Psalm 145 and verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. So in other words, you've got to call upon Jesus in a certain way. Not in however you think you might want to, but how Scripture, specifically how the New Testament says that we come into contact with the blood of Jesus Christ. God wants you near Him, but it must be on His terms. I have a beautiful daughter at home, and someday a boy is going to come to our house wanting to take her out on a date. Now do you think He's going to pull into my driveway, honk his horn, and expect her to just come running? No. He's got to meet Dad, and he's got to meet Mom. He's got to come in, he's got to shake my hand, and he's got to speak politely. And then hopefully I've met him a few other times before then. And then at that point I'll decide if he's worthy of taking my daughter out on a date. It's got to be on my terms, you see. Romans chapter 5 talks about Christ's sacrifice, about how He has enabled us to come into contact with His redeeming power and how this results in our salvation. Let's look at Romans chapter 5 and see this beautiful passage. Romans chapter 5 and verse 18, So then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. This passage is talking about the sin of Adam and about how his sin condemned all of mankind. But then it goes on to say about how it is one man that will result in the justification of all of mankind. That one man being Jesus who died on the cross for us. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Talking to Adam. Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Because of Christ's sacrifice, we will be made righteous. Verse 20, the law came in so that transgression would increase. We had the Old Testament law. We had the old law, the law of Moses. Men had it then so that they would understand behaviors that bring them closer to God. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. I love grace. Unmerited favor. It encapsulates so well what Jesus has done for us as it relates to our sinful nature. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. One might take from this passage that one can sin all he wants and grace is going to win out. That I can live how I want and grace is going to be there to forgive me. That's the wrong attitude. And Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, understood this. For he continues on in chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? Are we to keep sinning so that grace can keep on doing its job? Yes, the redeeming power of grace is there. It will always win out over sin. But are you really, Paul asks, are you really going to keep sinning so that grace will keep on forgiving? Are you really thinking that's what I mean? He says in verse 2, May it never be. How shall we who died to sin 
still live in it. So you see, when you are a Christian, you have died to sin. You have put that off. You are to try every day to sin less, not sin more, to see how much grace you can receive. That's the wrong attitude, Paul is saying. So if you are to walk with God, you must look to your walk as one where you are striving for obedience, not striving to fulfill your fleshly desires and know that grace will just be there. No. But rather you are to keep on walking with God to stay as far away from sin as possible for it is there that blessings will truly meet you in your spiritual life. I hope this lesson today on walking with God has been an enriching one. And I hope you'll share your Christian walk with others. This is a unique time we find ourselves in. Going to a congregation is awkward for some people. But listening online may be a bit easier. Share this video on your social media and encourage someone to watch it. Someone who needs to start a walk with God. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 42 talk about how people began their walk with God. Now when they heard Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, they were pierced to the heart. They saw their sin. They saw they needed a different way of life and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's how you begin a walk with Jesus. And if you have a need to be baptized, contact us at the Birdwell Chapel Church of Christ. We'll be happy to assist you. We'd love to study with you about the eternal, redeeming power of the grace of God so that you can begin your walk with Him. Well, I hope you'll do that very, very soon before it is everlastingly too late. Thank you.